in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 tonight. We'll bring lights up a little bit so you can see. Thanks for, for that. Thanks for praying for them. And 1 Corinthians 9. I want to thank uh, Phil and Chase and Adam for filling in the last couple weeks. Apparently I'm close to being out of a job, so thanks a lot, guys. Thought we were friends, but that's cool. Um, appreciate them stepping in and uh, was... Uh, Looking forward to those podcasts and everything, and um, just appreciate being able being able to take that time away and kind of just get refreshed and ready to hit the ground running. Uh, we've been in a series in Mark for several months now, and I'm going to pick that up uh, after Labor Day probably. I just want to kind of bring some things to the table that I believe that God is stirring uh, that are timely for us. So um, a few weeks ago... We had a marriage and parenting conference, and Frank and Loria were with us. And one of the things that one of the things that Frank talked about a lot on that Friday night session was that uh, about God being one who pursues. So God is love, and love pursues that which it loves. That's just a, that's part of what love does. And so God Himself, being love, a part of how that love expresses itself is in pursuing uh, us. We are made in His image. We are His sons and His daughters. We have been separated from Him because of our rebellion and sin. And so He pursues us. We sang about it. He, Jesus, like the Father, Son, Spirit came up with a plan. Jesus came to the earth to pursue us. And so anytime you ask this like general question of like, what is God, what is God doing in the world? A part of the answer is, of, of what he's doing in the world, what he's doing in our country, what he's doing in our state and in our city and in the church and in our church and in your life is he is pursuing those that he loves. He's pursuing you and me. And he's pursuing those who are far away from him, those who are separated from him. He's pursuing them through creation, through the scriptures, but mostly he's pursuing them through, our, like through us, through the church. So he has sent us uh, to go to those who do not know who Jesus is. They do not know his love and his grace. They do not know his rescue. They do not know his freedom. They do not know the things we have sung about tonight. They do not know the things we will sing about later tonight. Um, They don't know, and so he sent us to them. That his pursuit of them is through us and uh, it seems like over the last few months, he's been drawing us deeper into the pursuit of those who are separated and far off. Over the summer, we had a summer uh, community group that met in the fellowship hall every Wednesday night, and we just kind of combed through the mission and the vision of this church and what we're trying to do. Um, and, a, and more specifically, you know, we're, we're, we're caring for one another as Christian community, and we're reaching into the world around us. That's what it is. And so we talked a lot about that reaching into the world around us. Um, and in terms of like, what that looks like in real life, Paul is one of, like, you will probably not find a better example of someone who looks at what Jesus did and contextualizes it in his own life. 
So he's like, okay, there's the, that's my rabbi. That's what I'm trying to imitate him. He has sent me uh, to pursue those that he loves. And I'm going to do that through like, whatever he has for me. So for Paul, it involved uh, a lot of like starting churches in different places. And he would, would travel somewhere. He would, uh, there would be some, some people convert to Christianity. He would disciple them, raise them up, train them. It would be a couple years. And then they would be like, like rolling. And he would like, go somewhere else. And, so, um, and sometimes he would get arrested. And sometimes he would be you know, beaten and chained. And other times he was free. And uh, you know, he made uh, tents. That was like his, uh, his trade. Even though he comes from a wealthy background, he was like, I'm going to be a tent maker. Um, I'm going to earn my keep. And sometimes churches blessed him. And sometimes, you know, he worked for it. And, you know, it's just different things. Um, but he was the master at contextualizing what Jesus had to do. In other words, if you want to figure out how do I take Jesus as the model for pursuing those that God loves, and how do I bring that into like 2017 in August, like in my particular context, whether it's school, work, neighborhood, family, whatever it is, Paul is like, he's a great case study. And in these couple of verses, he, he's sharing his strategy with the Corinthians. He had a lot of people criticize him and they're like, oh, well, you're, you're false because of this. And you're like, you're like, they had all these things against him. And some of it I may get into at some point, but a lot of accusations. And so in this letter, he's like, look, let me, let me tell you why I live the way I do. And so for us to study this is very beneficial uh, as we try to imitate him. So as I go through this, I want you to be thinking about who this applies to in your life. Like who, who does not know Jesus as their Savior and as their Lord? You know, in, in, in churches, a lot of times, we'll, you know, we, we call them like, who, you know, your lost friends, your lost people. And, and that can have a kind of a negative connotation to it, especially like if you are like, introduced as like, is my lost friend, you know, Bobby, you know, like, oh, whatever. Uh, like it, it, like, so I'm going to probably not call them lost people a whole lot, but, um, but you just need to know that we're talking about those who are separated, those who have, who have wandered far from the Lord, those who don't know these things. Um, and I want you to be thinking as I'm going, who, who in my family, like name names in your mind, who in my family does not know Jesus? Who that I work with, like who is it that I work with, like this person like, is not redeemed, is not saved. Um, who do you live around? Or if, if you have kids who are starting to get into like activities, like they're playing ball, they're taking dance classes, they're like doing, you know, the other like room moms and dads, like that kind of stuff. Who of your kids' friends, like their parents, like who, like, who doesn't know Jesus from what, from what you can tell? Like, so as I go, I want you to think about those people. Like, have them in mind. I'm not talking about the strangers, the casual acquaintances. I'm not talking about the cashier at the grocery store. I'm talking about specific people that you know. And I would just ask you very humbly not to dismiss this. Just because you've kind of heard it before. I'll give you two reasons. One, this is, for, this is not on, give me on the screen. This is in Second Peter chapter 1. He says, therefore, I intend always to remind you of these qualities, though you know them and are established in the truth that you have. I think it's right, as long as I'm in this body, to stir you up by way of reminder, since I know that the putting off of my body will be soon, as our Lord Jesus Christ made clear to me. 
And I will make every effort so that after my departure, you may be able at any time to recall these things. Peter apparently repeated himself a lot. And here he's saying, like, hey, I don't even feel bad about it. Like, I'm gonna, I want, you need to be stirred up by way of reminder, even though you know these things and you're grounded in these things. I'm going to keep doing it so that after I'm gone, like, this will continue. Now, I'm not going anywhere, all right? Like, God hasn't told me of my, like, imminent, like, departure, as he said. And I'm definitely not leaving, you know, or anything like that. But, but the spirit of, like, hey, I'm just going to, I'm going to keep driving this home uh, because I need to be stirred up by way of reminder. And I believe that we all do. And I believe that God is what God is doing. So that's the first re- reason why I ask you to listen and not dismiss it. And the second reason is because, like, God, God has brought this to the table and he has something to say. So this ain't Josh up here saying stuff. This isn't like coming off my vacation. I'm all inspired. Like, no, this is like he has been churning this soil for a few months now. And uh, I just believe that this is what is for tonight. So 1 Corinthians chapter 9, starting in verse 19. For though I am free from all, I've made myself a servant to all. That I might win more of them. To the Jews I became as a Jew in order to win Jews. To those under the law I became as one under the law, though not myself being under the law, that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law I became as one outside the law, not being outside the law of God, but under the law of Christ, that I might win those outside the law. To the weak I became weak, that I might win the weak. I become all things to all people, that by all means I might save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel, that I may share with them in its blessings. I want to pull out three three kind of key words uh, that you know, just that, that it'll be easy to remember and easy to kind of track along. Three key words that uh, that are happening here. So let's let's be clear. Here's what Paul's doing, like. You're getting inside strategy to the greatest like, evangelist and church planter that has ever walked the earth. I mean, this is like, this is like the, you're getting the playbook for, like, um, for the greatest coach in your favorite sport. Like, you're like, hey, here's, here's my secret, right? So three, three key words. I'll give them to you right, right off, the, off the bat. The first one is serve. The second one is connect. The third one is prioritize. Serve, connect, prioritize. We're not about to start putting that on posters and t-shirts and stuff. And it's not a new mantra. It's just for tonight. Just something to help us remember it. Serve, connect, prioritize. First one. Verse 19. Let me read it again. He says, For though I am free from all, which I'll, I'll explain that part more in a minute, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win more of them. How simple is that, man? Like, he's like, yeah, so when people don't know who Jesus is, the first thing I do is I look for a way to serve them. Like, how can I, what, let me look around, let me pay attention to lives, let me look for needs that exist and figure out how to meet, meet those needs. Simple. You know? He's not, you know, there's nothing, you don't have to understand, like, theological things. You don't have to have like a six-point explanation of the gospel. You don't have to know what the Romans road is. We're just, he's just like, first thing I do, I just go and serve. I roll into a new place and I look around, I look for needs and how, how I can meet them. 
Um, it's one of the most simple and effective ways to engage those who don't know Jesus. And it takes on a lot of different forms. Let me just put it in two categories. Uh, it's, it's, like, it's like spiritual gifts. You can kind of put them in the category of like speaking. I can serve you by speaking. I can serve you like through actions. So you can serve people by speaking to them. You can encourage them. You can, uh, you can pray with them. You can pray, uh, you know, you can tell them you're praying for them. You can um, just offer, offer words of, of like exhortation. You can, there's all these things that you can do to speak life to people who don't know who Jesus is. And, you, and if you think about like if you have some of those relationships that I ask you to think about in your head, Paul would say, well, okay, so the, the first step to helping them like really know who Jesus is, it just, just start blessing the heck out of them with your words. Just serve them. And look for, like, for ways to like, serve them like physically. You know? Like if, if, if one of your coworkers is talking about moving, you'd be like, hey, you need some help moving? I know some guys with trucks. You know? I have some ratchet straps. Can't have too many ratchet straps, right? Like, when are you moving? Like, can I be there to help? Someone, someone like, that you work with had a baby. You're like, hey, I'm bringing a casserole. I don't care if you need one or not. It's coming. Like, you can, like those are such simple things that we can do. And so Paul's, the first thing he shares in strategy is like, well, I just, like, I'll become a servant to everyone. Whatever that, whatever that takes on. And Jesus is the, is the prime example. Like As we're going through Mark, we, we are seeing over and over again, Jesus paid attention to what was going on around him and saw needs, and then it was like, I'm just going to meet this need. Sometimes they need the truth. Sometimes they need uh, the, the gospel of the kingdom. Sometimes they need encouragement. Sometimes they need to be called to the table. But whatever it is, like, I'm going to serve them. Or this person needs to be healed, so I'm going to heal them. This person, like this whole group, like everyone needs food, so I'm going to do this miracle real quick and feed the masses, you know? Like it's very simple. So Jesus did that in every context, and Paul's like, hey, I just kind of do what Jesus did. Um, so when, you serve, when you're serving people who don't know him, you're embodying Jesus. He says that in Matthew 25. You know, he's telling, all, he's telling this group of believers, you know, he's like, hey, yeah, when I was, I was hungry and you fed me, I was, I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink, I was, I didn't, I was cold and, and you gave me like clothing and I was in prison, you came to me. And he's giving them all these examples of these things they did and they're like, oh, we don't remember, we don't remember doing that. He's like, yeah, when you do that for anyone else, it's the same as doing it for me. And so Paul takes that and he's like, okay, I'm going to apply that to these relationships that I have. And I'm just going to serve them. So whatever their needs are, I'm going to do my best to meet them. It's a pretty simple and kind of like obvious strategy. Um, so pay attention to lives. Look for needs. And, and make sure that they know that the door is open. You know? Like you might, you might befriend a neighbor. And, and you may tell them. You may be like, hey, you know, is there anything, anything you need help with? Whatever. And they're like, no, I don't need any help. And then, but you can be like, okay. And you walk away. Or you can be like, hey. If you ever need anything, this is my number. Like, if you ever need help with whatever, just come over and knock on the door. And every time you interact with them, if you're just like letting them know, like, hey, the door to me serving you is never going to close. And, like, I, have a, I had a neighbor across the street at, at one point, and, uh, uh, like, where I'm living now, and was trying to, like, you know, get to know him and stuff. And, uh, you know, and I just kind of did that. I'm not being like, look at me, I'm so great at ministry. But, like, I just kind of did that every time. Like, well, if you ever need anything, just come knock on my door. Not really thinking that he would. One day he's like knocked on. He's knocked the door. He's like, "Hey, can you help me strap this giant canoe to my truck?" Like, absolutely. You know, thank you. 
Um, and so I'm out there like helping him strap this canoe to the truck, you know, and, uh, and I was like wondering later on, I was like, what, I wonder if that will lead to something, you know, I wonder if I was like, well, he said to knock on his door and I knocked on his door and he, he helped me put this canoe on my truck. So, uh, like who knows where that will go? And I pray that it goes somewhere else. So just simple things like that are very helpful. Um, but notice that Paul says in verse 19, look at it again. I made myself a servant to all that I might win more of them. That is, that is his motive. That is what is driving him. He's not trying to be popular. He's not trying to be like, you know, the, the, like the most well-liked guy on his street or the most well-liked person in the, you know, in the office or in the faculty lounge or anything like that. He's, he's not just trying to be a nice guy. He's not just trying to like blend in and keep the peace. He's like, no, I'm doing that to win them. We sing a song here sometimes, and the chorus is like, Jesus, you have won me. You've broken every chain with love and mercy. You triumphed over death. And you are worthy of honor and praise. And so we're lifting our hands, and we're saying, Jesus, you've, you've won me. Like, the, the victory of the cross, like, you have won me. And so Paul is saying, he's like, yeah, I'm trying to win them. He's not trying to win them. He's trying to like he's trying to like for Jesus to win them, obviously. But he's like that's that's why I serve them. I don't serve them just because it's just nice to do. You know, we're in the South, so we're cordial, whatever. He's like, no, 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 I definitely have an agenda. It's that you are separated and alienated from Christ, and you need to be brought near by His blood, and I want you to be there with me. And if serving you, if helping, I'm not saying that it's about my neighbor, but like if putting a canoe on the top of your truck is going to lead to that, then I'll help you put a canoe on top of your truck. If helping someone move, if bringing a casserole when, when someone has a baby, if all these things that are piling up, if that is a pathway to the gospel, doesn't that just sound like something Jesus would do? Isn't that exactly what Jesus did when he was with us? So, serve, first thing. Now, serving them was further, like more deeply contextualized. So the next word is connect. Let me, let's look at 20 and 21 and 22. And I want you to notice this pattern. Uh, I'm going to skip the stuff in parentheses, even though those things, you know, those things are important. Uh, I'm going to skip those because I want, I want you to see this pattern for contextualizing this idea of serving in different, different ways. So here's the pattern. To blank... I became as a blank in order to win blank. That's the pattern. Okay? Verse 20. To the Jews, I became as a Jew in order to win Jews. To those under the law, I became as one under the law, so that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law, I became as one outside the law, that I might win those outside the law. To the weak, I became weak, that I might win the weak. Pattern? 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 Right? So he's like, okay. I'm serving them in one way, but, but the way that you serve people who are Jewish is different than the way you serve people who are Gentiles. They, they, like they're, you know, they're similarities, but they're very different cultures. And so Paul, at times, was ministering in Jewish cultures. And other times, he was ministering in Gentile cultures. He's like, okay, so, so I go in and I adapt to the group that I am trying to do. I, I look for ways to connect with them. Can get kind of tricky, right? But what he's doing is, is he's working hard to try to establish common ground. 
and then invite them into his life to bring them closer to Jesus. So if he's close to Jesus and he's inviting them into his life, guess what? They're getting close to Jesus also. Like that's the goal. So in the given context, you, you, you make like certain adaptations in order to win those folks. Let me kind of unpack a few of those. Um, so in that pattern, uh, you have different kinds of people. Jews, Gentiles, and he talks about the weak, which I'll get to in just a second. Um, so you have different kinds of people. So let's, uh, let's get this straight. Like Paul was not, like Paul's not a racist. Paul's not a sexist. Paul's not any sort of like ist, you know, that you want to put in there. Like he's like, I look at Jesus and, and I'm trying to imitate that. And so wherever I am, I'm called to those people. And there's been some ridiculousness in our country in the last week, two weeks, years, decades, whatever you want to break it down, right? Um, and uh, there should be no question where, where we are as Christians on the issue of supremacy of one race over another or any of that kind of stuff. Like Paul, Paul was, so, he was so intense about this that he... Um, he, you know, he's like, there's really, there's no really such thing as Jew or Gentile. You know, there's really, there's really aren't factors. Like there are factors to different kinds of people. He's like, but, but in in reality, like I, when I like became a Christian, when I died to myself, I like my identity is is found in Him. So these are like descriptors of people. They're not definers of people. And so he's like, I'm just trying to connect with what defines you. What defines you is like, are you in Christ or are you in Adam? Like, are you separated from him or are you in Christ? And so, like, skin color and ethnicity and all those kinds of things, those, those describe us. They tell a lot about the story of the world and that kind of stuff. And, and, and I know that those are points of tension. I'm not trying to get political or anything like that. Um, but just, like, just so we can understand, like, Paul shows us right here. If you want your ministry to look like Jesus's, whatever, whatever environment he brings you into, you're there, to, you're there to connect with them. Like you are there to be Jesus to them. And so this is not about getting hung up on those things. This is about like a recognition that, uh, that like, like we, of course, like denounce racism and sexism and all those kinds of things. And we're like, we're really just here because we want everyone to know Jesus. And so whatever, whatever kind of person he brings you to, that's because he loves them. So your contextualization of something like this, they may be someone who's the same skin color as you. It may be someone that is different than you. It may be, it may be a person who has a Christian background. It may be a person that has a Muslim background. It may be someone that has a Hindu background. It may be someone who's professing to be an atheist. Those kinds of things, it doesn't mean that like, like whatever it is that God brings you into, he's going to equip you for that. And so he is pursuing everyone on the planet through us. So, the greatest evangelist and church planter that's ever walked the earth says, well, first go in and figure out how to serve them. Second, figure out how you can connect with them. How can you adapt to their culture? So he says, so let's go through a couple of these. So he says, to the Jews I became as a Jew in order to win Jews. Then this, the second part of verse 20 is, is saying, it's talking about the same people. To those under the law, I became as one under the law that I might win those under the law. But he says, I'm not, I'm not under the law. So, he come, quick, he comes from a Jewish background, he converted to Christianity. 
So he completely understands everything that's going on. So he goes into a Jewish community. A Jew, he's talking with Jewish, uh, with the men in the synagogue, or he's like with at a, some sort of family gathering or something like that. What Paul is saying is like, okay, I've been freed from the laws that they are, are trying to follow in order to get to God. I've been freed from that. And now I am I'm in Christ, so I'm not bound by the things that they are bound by. But when I'm with them, I observe the things that they are binding themselves to. So when they're following, following the rules, I'm following the rules with them. I'm living life alongside them. He's like, I'm not bound to it, and I want them to be free from it. But in my effort to connect with them, I'm going to go in, and I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to have those meals with them. I'm going to like, observe those customs, and I'm going to talk about the Old Testament scriptures, and, and I, I'm, I'm going to like carefully dialogue in a, you know, in, in a, in a way, but, but I want to connect with them. Um, it would, it's the kind of thing where he, just because he can understand them. So what, what that would do though, essentially is he believed it would earn him a hearing. So you're like, okay, well, here's this guy and, and he's a Christian and we're Jewish, but, um, but he's not coming and disrespecting us. You know, he's not yelling at us. He's not, He's not throwing his New Testament scrolls at us or whatever. Like he's no, he, he's honoring our heritage. He's honoring our, our belief. He's dialoguing with us in a like in a healthy way. Like he, and so when Paul begins to share with them his perspective about his own conversion, they're open to it because he hasn't come in busting chops about things. It's like so that's what I do. So to the Jews, I I conduct myself as a Jew in order to win them. Is he being disingenuous? Is he being a chameleon? Is he being a sellout? No, he's like, he's like, no, I'm, I just, I understand. I'm going to connect with them, whatever that, whatever that looks like. Verse 21 talks about the Gentiles. Uh, look at this, this verse. It says, to those outside the law, I became as one outside the law, that I might win those outside the law. So the other extreme, you had the Jewish community was following rules. The Gentile community, they just did whatever they wanted. They were like, I, rules are not really a thing for us. So to them, uh, like they had a different journey in terms of like coming back to the Lord. So when when Paul is with the Gentile community, he like he adapts to them as well in order to win them. So he understands like yeah they're they're not used to they're not used to living within like boundaries of holiness and righteousness that Jesus has for us. So their journey is going to be different than the Jewish community journey. So what he's helping, trying to help us understand is that when you're in different environments, you are going to have to be willing to adjust in order to make a connection with those people. And through that connection, you will earn a hearing for the gospel. And so if you are adapting and you are, are trying to do so in order to connect with them, in order to win them, then that is honoring to God and that is, uh, that's similar to like, what Jesus would do as well. Verse 22, to the weak I became weak that I might win the weak. So he goes from Jewish, Jewish communities, Gentile communities, and now he's like, okay, and then all the weak people. And weak, weak to us, you know, sounds a certain way, but he's not talking about weak in terms of, uh, it's not like demeaning. It's really talking about those who are young in their like, Christian spiritual formation. Those who are battling specific issues. 
So when he says weak, it, it doesn't mean what we think it is. It's just like, yeah, when you have really young believers, when I'm with them, I engage with them, I connect with them, like I meet them where they are in the journey. So some people think he was talking about those who are financially weak, because he references that earlier in the letter. Other people think he's talking about people with a weak conscience, because he references that earlier in the letter. And a lot of people just kind of merge those together, because he's already covered that ground. Let me just think about this. The weak and conscious. Talking about like the mental and emotional strength. Like someone who's on day four of a diet. You know? Day four of a diet, you go, you go to Izzo's with some friends. You're like, man, I made it four days. How much do you think the friends that you're with are going to influence which way you roll. So if you're friends, if, you, if you're doing Whole30, you're on day four. Your three friends, they're on day 27. That's helpful to you, right? Like you, you have not matured yet in, like in, in the process of this like goal that you have set. You're, you're not there yet mentally. So you need your community. Like you need the two people in front of you to get a salad with nothing bad on it. And you need the person behind you to make sure you get a salad with nothing bad on it. Like You need that to happen because your conscience is weak. Like You have not matured in the process yet. As opposed to, you go to, with some friends who are like, man, four days, high five, blow it, man. Like You've earned it. You, know? the, you don't need those people around you. You need the people who are going to help you because you're like, yeah. Uh, it's, it, it's like a support group, like, a, like an AA group. Where you have someone who's there for the first time and they need the other people in the room who are like, bro, we have been there. We understand. We are with you. Keep coming back. It's that kind of stuff. So he's saying sometimes I'm in Jewish context. Sometimes I'm in Gentile context. And sometimes I'm with really young people in their faith who they, just, they don't know what to do with the fact that they're free in Christ yet. And so what I do is I meet them where they are in their, in their process. Sometimes, if you grew up Jewish and you converted to Christianity, and then you're, you're, following the, you're, you're trying to break free from having to follow all the rules, but you're new to it. If you grew up as a Gentile, you, you had no rules, and try, now you're trying to conform to the law of Christ, which is about love. Uh, but regardless, you need people who are like just further along in the journey. And so Paul says, hey, when I'm with people who are weak... In order to continue like their like their winning like progress toward Christ, I become like them. Here's 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 the best modern example I can think of that, I, that I've come across. When um, and I think I've talked about this before, but there's a there's a film star named Stevo, uh, and he uh, he was going through uh, rehab for alcohol addiction. And it was time for them to film another one of their movies. And uh, a part of regularly filming the previous movies was they had a beer truck on set all the time. And so the, his friends got together and they were like, hey, uh, no drinking on set. Because we're standing with our man, Steve-O, in his sobriety. That's what, that's what Paul is saying. Paul is like, hey... Even, even, though, even though I understand that I'm free and I, I'm, I'm mature in my understanding of what that means in different contexts, when I'm with someone who is still growing in that and is young in that process, I meet them where they are. 
I don't expect them to come to me. I don't force that upon them. Uh, that's, that's, that's how I connect with them. That's how I keep them oriented toward Jesus. To the Jews, I become and behave like a Jew in order to win the Jews. Same for Gentiles. Same for those who are weak and conscious. He's like, do you, do you understand what's, what, what's happening here? His, he's being faithful to Jesus. Like he has to be, to be faithful. So he can't adapt to the point where he's sinning against Jesus. Like that's, the, that's the overcorrection that a lot of us like can easily make. You know? Like if you're... If you, let's say that you connect with a, with a Muslim family and they invite you over for dinner and you go and you have dinner and you're trying to think like, should, can I go have dinner with them? Yes, you can go have dinner with them, you know? Like, I'm like, well, what if it's, what if it's like, like one of the things on, in the mission field is that like during Ramadan, when, when they break the fast at night, there are Christian missionaries who get invited to go to these meals, and that's like a, an issue with them. They're like, do we go? Like, do, they, they break, you know, they fast during the day. They break the fast in the evening. And, and as you be, start to befriend them, they invite them. Like, do we go? Can you, like, is that right? Is that okay? And Paul would say, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a meal. You go have the meal. Can you, can you remain faithful to Christ as you eat? <laughs> yeah. Now, if they like, if if they're like, hey, would you like to join us for like evening prayers? And they roll the mats out and face east. You would not participate in that because that would be crossing into a line. And so Paul is saying, in a Jewish context, in a Gentile context, with the weak, I make my adaptations as long as I am fulfilling the law of Christ, which is loving my neighbor as one of my own. Now, you might be tired of me talking at this point. Just hang with me. What this looks like in your life and in my life can be difficult to figure out sometimes. Look at verse 22. I've become, this is the second half, I've become all things to all people that by all means I might save some. Don't you wish it was more black and white? You know? Like, don't you sometimes just want a list of rules? Of like, just tell me what I can do, what I can't do. You know, like, give me a chart. Like, in this situation, let me find, can I do this or not? And I believe that what Paul would say, and when you read his letters, this is just throughout it all, he's like, I just ask God what to do. He's generalizing. When I'm with the Jews, I become as a Jew. It doesn't, it, but he doesn't cross the line. Like somehow he's like, I don't, you know, he doesn't cross the line. In these different environments, he doesn't cross the line. And I think for us, there, it's so easy in, in a desire to connect with people, it's hard to know behaviorally sometimes. Like, where's the line? Like, what can I do and what can I not do? And I believe that Paul would say, you, you just need to prayerfully ask the Lord. You need to ask him for help. And trust that he'll like he'll show you. Like he lives in you. He'll you'll know. And there's probably a lot of us around the room who who have made the right decision in those moments. And there's plenty of us that have made wrong decisions in those moments. And on in both cases, we have all probably learned really good lessons. But remember, it's to 
to this group, I became like this group to win this group. Like that's, that is what is driving. Paul always comes back to that. All things to all people that I might win some of them. So in our efforts to contextualize this, to serve them and to make connections with them, our goal, our motive has to always be the salvation of those who don't know Jesus. It has to be that. I read a little bit this week on, on like some of those things like how do you know, like in a relationship that you're engaging in with someone who, who doesn't know the Lord, like how do you know uh, like what to do? And a lot of it comes down to, well, look at your own process. Like, is their salvation important to you? Is it increasingly important to you? Is your holiness and your understanding of the gospel growing as you're connecting with them? Are you becoming more like Christ? Or are you becoming more like, like the world around you? You know. But it's really, it's like us giving ourselves to this process. And so Paul, if you look at verse 23, I'm about to bring it in for a landing, so hang on. Paul, in verse 23, says, I do it all for the sake of the gospel, that I may share with them in its blessings. That's his, that's his driving force, is the sake of the gospel. And so as we look around our lives, and, and hopefully you've been maybe thinking about some of these people in these situations, and no matter what they look like, no matter what they come from, no matter what their, their background is, or their, whatever baggage they may have with them, all those things do, do not matter. It's, has God sent me to them? If you're trying to think of, like, yeah, how can I serve them? How can I connect with them? The overall goal is I need to bring them into my life because, you know what, for them to get close to Jesus, they're probably going to need to get close to you. So you bring them, in, them into your home. And you share your life with them. You share your ups and downs with them. Like you don't, like you, you, uh, like you make yourself vulnerable to them. Like you model for them the openness that you want them to have to you. And as we're inviting people closer and closer and closer, maybe God can use it. The third point. Is prioritize. Verse 20, 23, Paul says, I do it all for the sake of the gospel that I may share with them and its blessings. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. Lots of sermons in that, in that paragraph. Let me just focus you on one thing. Verse 26. I do not run aimlessly. It's like this, the third point is prioritizing. This is absolutely important to Paul. The salvation of these people that he is trying to serve and connect with, and and have those adaptations that are like still he's still faithful to Jesus, but he's making those connections and inviting them into his life, and all these things that are happening through Paul's life. He's like, yeah, I don't run aimlessly. And I read that this week, and I was like, man, how many times do I just feel like man, I'm just like 
It's like I'm running like a million directions. I'm just trying to get through the day, just get through the week, you know, get through the to-do list, that kind of stuff. And Paul's like, yeah, I'm pretty much like laser focused on this. I'm, I train for this. I, I, I'm, this is important to me. And when we understand the gospel, and we understand what God is doing, we understand that like eternity is on the line. We understand that nothing, nothing is more important than what God is doing. We understand that we like have the the message, like the only message that matters. We understand that God's He's just the best. You know? Like those who are far away from Him, like it's not just a, it's not just like a heaven and hell thing and an eternal life thing like it is a like do you just do you know his awesomeness I, w- I want you to know I want you to know what I know like imagine Paul when he's sitting in these Jewish communities and he's he's got to be just crushed on the inside because he's like I know the bondage you feel to this law it's terrible I just I want you to know the freedom that I've experienced can you imagine when he's with the, these Gentiles? He's like, "You guys are just you're you're just doing whatever you want. You have no you have no clue that that Jesus has outlined this beautiful law of love that he's inviting you into that is far more fulfilling than the, than the license that you live with." He's like, "He's like Jewish people, the law like it's bondage to you. Gentile people, license and do whatever you want. It's actually bondage. It's all bondage." You imagine when he's with the Folks who are weak in conscience, and he's looking at them. You know, he's looking at them like the he's the seasoned veteran in the AA meeting, and they're the new the new person in the AA meeting. He's like, keep coming back, keep sharing with us, keep like working the program, like keep going. It is awesome. You will love it. Like he's that's that's his goal. He's not like, yeah, I need to I need to keep adding to my numbers because I you know I get you know I get I get paid that way or uh, you know that I'm not like competing with other apostles or anything like that. He's like, no, God is the best, and you got to know this. You just got to know Him. You weren't made to live this way. Years ago, I was at a Switchfoot concert. Some some of you guys, and we're like at the Varsity, and it's just like it's just loud and awesome. Of course, they're just crushing it, and. like it was like deep into the concert, so like a lot of the room was fairly inebriated at this point, and and they're and they're doing they're doing meant to live, you know. And so the whole room's like, we were meant to live for so much more, you know. And I was just I was so sad in that moment. I was like, God, like if if they only knew what John Foreman had in mind when he was writing that song, you know, like it it's like that kind of stuff. Like that's the passion for those who don't know Jesus that we have to have. And you know them. Like they're in your family, they're in your neighborhood, that you work with them. And Jesus is pursuing them through your life, through my life, through our collective life. And so when Paul's like, yeah, I don't run aimlessly, and you can't either. That should be in parentheses in my personal translation. Like, you can't run aimlessly either. This is important. It's important to God, so it's important to the people of God. Serve, just serve them. Find ways to connect with them while remaining faithful to Jesus and it being a priority. Um, This is what is important to his church. 
And before we take communion and kind of respond, um, we're going to have a time where we're going to pray. And we're going to pray for these people that you've been thinking about, hopefully. We want to have time, we want you to, to pray for the salvation of those in your family that don't know him. And those that you work with, those that you're like lifelong friends with, maybe. Uh, people that you live around. You're praying for the salvation of the parents on your kid's ball team and the other like moms or how, you know, however that needs to work, whatever, wherever those people are. We're going we're gonna to ask God for their salvation. And I want to read this verse to you real quick. In 1 Corinthians 9, he's talking about just some other stuff. He says, the plowman, like he's talking about this, here's an agricultural metaphor. The plowman should plow in hope. And the thresher thresh in hope of sharing in the crop. He's like, yeah, when, a, when, you're, when they're out plowing the ground, they're, they're doing this in hope of the harvest. Like you're planting the seeds, you're tending the ground in hope of sharing in the harvest. He says, yeah, I do this all for the sake of the gospel that I might share in its blessing. A part of the gospel that is so beautiful is seeing others grab onto it, cross from death into life. And so we're going to pray, not crossing our fingers, you know, we're going to pray in hope. We're going to plow in hope, believing and just asking God for their salvation. So I'm going to pray, and then, and then I'm going to invite you, if you want to come forward, but you don't have to. If you want to come, and we can just kind of cover the front area here, we're going to just spend some time praying for them by name. And then we're going to sing, and then we're going to you know, do our normal response thing. So let me pray for us, and then when I say amen, we're all going to stand. And if you want to come down here, or you can kneel, or whatever, whatever that needs to look like. All right, let me pray for us. God, thank you for uh, for Paul's ministry and his example to us, and um, I hope that as uh, I hope that that there's been some sense made from me, just kind of being worked up about this. I hope that you've been able to filter that to the hearers in the room, that you are getting the message across to each of us that you want. And God, for those in our lives who do not know who you are, I ask that you would help us uh, in light of what you're saying to us through the word to respond uh, to that, to not push you away, um, to not get awkward or shy about this, but that we would hear what you're saying to us through Paul's example, who's just following your example, as we attempt to bring this into our context, into our relationships, into our day. And so as we move into a time of prayer, Uh, For those that we know and love, uh, help us to not push away from that, but just to follow you into it. We love you, and I pray this in your name. Amen. So if you want to come down, let's go ahead. If you want to stand and pray, you want to kneel where you are, you want to sit where you are, whatever it is, but we're going to bring some names to the Lord tonight.